G'day, g'day, and welcome to the first episode of Investing in the US, the Friday weekly wrap-up, where I share with you strategies and advice geared towards growing your real estate portfolio and giving you the tools to take your investing career to the next level. As always, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us here on the show. Now, the idea of these mini-sodes, which are just mini-podcast episodes, is to give you a wrap-up of the week that was, summarize the week's feature podcast and share with you investing insight that I have been learning in my business so that you can then apply it to your real estate business. The regular podcast will still be released every week where I interview industry leaders and successful entrepreneurs who are absolutely killing it here in the United States. These mini-sodes, as I like to call them, will just be an add-on, a second dose of advice about how to start successfully investing in the US, and it will just be on a shortened format, probably five to 10 minutes long. Now, before we dive into the weekly wrap-up, I want to share with you that as of last week, I'm starting to do free 30-minute phone calls with my loyal listeners, and the idea is for me to help you with whatever you need in regards to your investing career. The topic of the call is up to you. I don't sell anything on this call. If you need help within a deal, if you need advice about how to scale your real estate business, whatever it might be, the phone conversation, you know, the phone call is up to you, and just my way of giving back to my loyal listeners out there. Now, as my calendar does fill up very, very quickly each week, I only have about, uh, you know, I can only probably do about two or three of these calls a week. So if you are interested, then jump on my website at rsnpropertygroup.com, hit me up under the contact us tab, or you can also hit me up directly at my email, which is read at rsnpropertygroup.com. So as today is the first weekly wrap up, I decided I decided I wanted to explain the top three things that I learned from the deal that my partners and I just closed on. So if you are not following me on Facebook or you don't receive my weekly emails, then shame on you. <laughs> no, just joking. Then you, you wouldn't have seen the fact that my partners and I just closed on a 320 unit deal in Dallas, Texas, Texas throughout the week. It has been a huge five, four to five months worth of hard work, finding investors, carrying out due diligence and ultimately getting the financing and closing on the deal, which we did throughout the week. And it feels bloody incredible to have the thing closed. So the top three things that I wanted to share with you are the lessons that I learned throughout this entire four to five month process. And so I'm just going to dive straight into it so you guys can get the nuts and bolts of today's show. So the number one thing that I thought was, you know, that I'd learned was the importance of investing as a team. Now, Taking down large deals like a 320-unit deal doesn't just happen by yourself. You need a team of investing partners, people around you who can help you take down the deal. Now, the great thing about working as a team is that you can delegate tasks. And you know, each of our partners uh, involved in this 320-unit deal had a slightly different role and responsibility. You know, one person was responsible for finding the deal, uh, which they did. Some other people were responsible for taking out taking care of the due diligence. I know I was involved with raising capital. And through all those sort of different steps, we were able to leverage each other's skills and ability to pull investors together, pull the deal together, pull the financing together, and close on the deal. Now, as I said, this wouldn't have happened just by yourself. You couldn't just go out and say as a single person, 
you know, a single investor, I want to take down 320 units. Maybe, maybe if you have, you know, $25 million sitting in your bank account, but the majority of us don't. And that's the power of syndication investing. And that's the power of using a team around you of leveraging, as I said, skills of other people's, the background of other people's um, abilities to close on these larger deals, helping you raise money, helping you carry out the due diligence, helping you find the financing. All those things come into play. And if you can delegate that throughout the different partners involved in the deal, then it makes your job a lot easier and it makes it a lot less stressful to closing on such a large deal. Now, the second thing that I learned was you always need to be raising money from your investors or, or, or growing your investor pool, or as I like to call it, the Rolodex, even when you don't have a deal on the table. Now, this is also such a hugely important topic, and I, I, I could spend a whole you know 10 minutes talking about how to continually try to grow your investor portfolio. But the my investors who are involved in this particular 320-unit deal, I had been developing trust and credibility with them for probably over over 12 months now, you know, if you meet someone, the chances are that within two weeks that they're going to invest with you in a deal is very, very unlikely. So unless they were referred to you or something like that, and the period of time to develop that trust can take a substantial period of time, six to 12 months. So you always have to be growing your investor pool. I always like to set up about three or five weekly face-to-face meetings or even over the phone uh, with potential new investors so we can start meeting each other and start developing trust and credibility. Because the biggest thing is that all my investors, they want to invest with me because they like the processes that I put in place. They like the way that I'm doing business. I take myself very professionally. Uh, I do everything very in a, in a professional manner and people like that. But also on the flip side, I need to know that I can work with these types of investors. Now, not, not all investors I, I can work with because of you know they might want to control the deal or they might want to do certain pieces of thing that might not just might not work with our investment strategy for syndication. So it's a two-sided coin. It's it's the investor, you know, looking that they can be able to work with us and partner with us on a deal. And it's me looking at the investor, making sure that you know they're going to add value to the deal and they're going to add, you know, bring something to the table in terms of their background and experience. The third lesson I learned was a more technical lesson when forming the PPM and using both unaccredited and accredited investors in a syndication. So this particular deal, most of us were under the impression, I want to say most of us, most of the partners were under the impression that we could be raising capital, a small portion of capital from unaccredited investors. Now, by law, by the rule 506B for Bravo in Regulation D, you can raise capital from up to 35 unaccredited or aka sophisticated investors. However, the lawyer on this particular deal wasn't aware of this and wrote the PPM for accredited investors only. So what did I learn? Well, I I learned that when you're including non-accredited investors into your deal, the PPM is more in-depth and will ultimately cost you more in legal fees. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but the advice that we were given, we did receive, was that the additional cost to include non-accredited investors is usually in the order of about 20 and 30K. Now, as a group, the decision was made not to include non-accredited investors, and we kept the PPM the way it was. However, you have to look at it from a cost-benefit analysis, meaning that if I spend an additional 25K in legal fees, how many more investors can can be involved in the investing pool to you know, raise capital for the down payment? Now, if you're only raising, say, $50,000 
from non-accredited investors, then you know paying 25 grand is a high cost to capital. However, if you're raising $500,000 from non-accredited investors, and that's a completely different story. And I know that I had about a dozen investors who had, uh, you know, in the order of 200, between them all, they had about 250 to $300,000 worth of capital. And that was just my investors. There was a couple of other partners who had some non-accredited investors. Now, now spending an extra 25 grand, um, it's definitely worth it to be able to go out and raise another three four, five hundred thousand dollars from non-accredited investors. And I know moving forward that the lesson, this is a lesson learned, you know, and one that all the partners are aware of for the next deal and have taken on board. So I hope you got a lot out of this first episode of the weekly wrap up. I just went through some quick bullet points on the top three things I'd learned taking down a 320 unit deal in Dallas, Texas. First one was the absolute power of investing uh, as a team, using other partners Uh, the skills and abilities of other partners to delegate roles and responsibilities so it's not just all heaped on one person and, you know, the stress is, is distributed equally around the group. The second thing I, you know, I'm a huge fan of and it came to the fore uh, on this particular deal was always be raising money from investors, even if you don't have a deal on the table at the moment. Currently, we, you know, we just closed on a deal and I'm still meeting with investors constantly uh, this week, just, 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 uh, just as recently this week, I was meeting with a couple of investors uh, for our potential next deal. It takes time to build credibility and, and trust and that period of time can be six to 12 months, you know, whatever it might be. And the third bit of advice is that when you're looking to uh, raise capital from non-accredited investors, there is a little bit more hoops you need to jump through. Now, depending on the size of the deal and the cost to capital, then which it's going to cost you in terms of legal fees, and you've got to then uh, look at what is the benefit of opening it up to non-accredited investors? Can you go out and then raise another 200, 300, 400, $500,000 and does spending an extra 20 grand, 25 grand on legal fees justify that additional capital that you know your investing pool can grow by. Uh, the conclusion definitely was from 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 our from our side from the partnership side that in the next deal opening up to non-accredited investors will probably be beneficial and I know I'll be looking to do that on on, on whether I partner with these guys again or or another group of people. I think having non-accredited investors is beneficial, but also it does co- you just got to remember the takeaway piece of advice is that it does cost money. I hope you got a lot out of today's first episode in the weekly wrap-up. Now, remember, if you are wanting to jump on a free 30-minute chat, then please hit me up at reed at rsmpropertygroup.com. And if you do like this episode or any other episode that I put on iTunes, please go over there, jump on iTunes, and leave the show a five-star review. I really would appreciate it. It helps us grow our community of eager listeners wanting to invest in the United States. You know we're going to do this all again next week, so take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing.